they say can be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just like no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Some never mind them brakes. Let it all hang out cause we got to run to make. Welcome to Highway Freaks Computer Geeks, the fourth visit. I'm Bry Guy, your host, standing by, my brother from another mother, J-Man. And we also have that sexy Thanksgiving turkey of the month, Will's the Thrill. But introducing our enchanting, our charming, witty, playful, it's girl, Brandy. Hey, Road Crew, how's it going? Doing good. Not bad. Not bad. Okay, right on. So, we're going to write in this uh, topics on visit four. Um, we have our it girl, Brandy. Uh, she's going to be mentioning what is noodling, although we know she loves to canoodle. <laughs> the history of the Ambassador Bridge, uh, the Canadian-American border crossing will be my topic. Um, uh, we have X-rated small town news. Uh, we also have a game show, Millennials versus Old Geezers, as well. Uh, Jay will tell you a short biography about Loretta Lynn. Uh, we have a fishing tournament scam from Ohio. Okay, so let's get into it first. Um, I want to introduce Brandy. She's going to tell you a little bit about herself. We are now calling our podcast listeners freaks. You guys are all freaks. And we also are going to give some pylon shout-outs to some people tonight that are what we would call our religious freaks and geek listeners as well. So, Brandy, tell us about yourself. Hey, so just in case anyone wants to kind of get an idea of what I look like, I am six foot one, and I will be 39 on the second, and I am a Scorpio. So you already know how it is about Scorpios. We are all about passion. So I am also an animal great. fanatic. Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> that should automatically be assumed. I'm a freaking Scorpio. <laughs> I've been busting my ass doing custom paintings and portraits of people's dogs and stuff, trying to hustle and bustle the money up. Well, that's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah, I do know Brandy is a really, really fantastic artist. Uh, she also does tattoo work. Do you not, Brandy? Yes, I do. Some, I do sling some ink on the side to try to make some money here and there, and just to try to take some of these crappy tattoos that people have and make them look so much better. There you go. There you go. So, well, that's awesome, Randy. And we uh, we love, we absolutely love to have you on the show. And um, you are going to add a, an interesting dynamic to what we already thought was fun and frivolity, but you guys haven't seen nothing yet. Isn't that right there, Brandy? Amen to that, brother, because, honey, I bring the spice to the party. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the expressions that you might hear us saying already, because we're already picking them up from Brandy, you, you know, you open up a can of worms, and how, what was, how did that go again, Jay? You open up a can you of worms, you got to feed the fish. <laughs> Memory <laughs> like it's a like field trap. Kind of like saying, don't start nothing you can't finish. I love it. I love it. 
Okay, so how was your week, Jay? Oh, let's see. I went to hell and back. Uh, you know it is uh, Riverside, California, and Oxnard. And uh, came back to uh, Langley, dropped there, picked up another load, came to Calgary, picked up this load, and now I'm somewhere in Montana. So basically it sucked. <laughs> didn't you uh, have something go flat on you tonight? Yeah, it didn't go flat. It's still holding air, but the tread on the uh, lovely recap peeled off. Oh, like this thing's still holding air. Like I've never had one do that. But and where exactly? I can't drive anywhere. Well, let's just let's just say I'm sitting on the side of the road in a dirt lot about 62 miles from Billings, Montana. Okay. All right. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, love, love, love and light. Oh, by the way, Brandy, where are you sitting at? I'm sitting in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Okay. And uh, you're in a truck, from what I heard. Yes, sir. I'm sitting in the truck, yes. sitting under the moonlight, looking up at the beautiful moon, talking to you fellas. You gonna tell us about your week, Willis? My my week was pretty interesting. Can you elaborate? Yeah. Well, I'm getting uh getting stuff done for uh, my resume. Uh, on the resume, people tend to gravitate towards websites, I guess. So if, if you have your own website on your on your resume, you're more likely to be looked at. It, it just adds a different dynamic to it. One of the one of the websites I'm trying to get built up on my profile anyway, it's called Hack the Box. They they, they look for people who can actually so yeah, I've been uh I've been pretty busy with that and computers and you know, found out a couple of things. I'm gonna touch on one very important thing right now. Uh if everyone goes to their settings and clicks on their phone info, finds their build number, and taps on it five times, it will open up what's called developer option. It will tell you, your phone will tell you that developer options have been opened, and then you go back into settings, you scroll all the way down to the bottom, and the developer options will be there. Now, for a lot of people, this will be kind of confusing, However, um, as long as you can find your build number and tap on that, uh, you will be able to find uh, the developer options at the bottom. And in those developer options, you can, uh, you can play with your battery life, you can play with your screen brightness, you can play with your caller ID. You basically have free roam of your phone. So developer options are, are, are something that Android had set out for users to make their phones more user-friendly. Now, with that being said, having developer options open is, is okay in uh, most circumstances, but I wouldn't trust opening up any files that anybody sends you. And I have a game review on Cyberpunk 2077. I am only, I, I believe, an hour in, into the game, and it is one of the most interesting games I've down to date. This game so far, I would give it four out of five stars. I'm not sure how the ending is, so I can't give it a, my 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 full five out of five. But it it is a very amazing game. So to to all our listeners, there's also a app called Zedge. You can get free ringtones. You don't have this way. You don't have to start uh, ripping music from from different weird sources. And it's absolutely uh, a godsend when you're trying to find your, your ringtone for your, you know, significant other. 
there is also an app that everyone should download on their phone. It is called Malware Bytes. This now, when you download it, it it says start free trial, gives you the option. Don't worry about that. Go to the top left of that screen and click the X. It'll give it to you for free. You won't have to go on no trial, no nothing. You can scan the phone, and if you decide to have the free trial, you can cancel that free trial at any time. But during the free trial time, it also scans everything. So like from your files to anything in your phone. And this will ensure that hackers cannot get into your phone and viruses will stay out of your phone. Malwarebytes and there's also one more app I'm gonna to touch on real quick. It's called CCleaner. Now CCleaner cleans all the cache from your internet searches and cleans up your device. So with Malwarebytes and CCleaner together, you can't go wrong. Uh, and with that being said, how was your day, Brian? Okay, that was interesting. Well, um, I just uh, wanted to let you guys know about my week. And, uh, yeah, it was a bit bizarre. Uh, we were in uh, Gerald, Texas. I just finished my supper and uh, took Bandit out for a walk and uh, saw that there was this pizza place. And I had this giant picture of the pizza, and I don't know, Bandit has a second or third sense when it comes to pizza. And he was like, oh, hey, Dad, we got to go into that pizza place and get, you know, like some big old pizza. I was I've done that before, and they've them, given them free pizza, right? So I just went by, and, and I opened the door just a bit because I thought, you know, that was the front door. And I guess I didn't have my... Uh, leash on that it's uh, like I didn't have the leash around my arm I usually have it around my wrist actually when he goes in and he he bolted and he got off my right arm and I was like oh no 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 man you're gonna go into the pizza place and you're gonna have all these people around and you know you're gonna make a complete you know complete f-ing mess and so I went in with him opened the door and we started running around after him and like all the chairs were up and all the lights were out and the two tills were open and I'm going, oh shit, this place is closed. So I goes, wow, what do I do here now, right? So, you know, I said, hey, is anybody there? Is anybody there? Right, kind of yelling. And so I opened the cooler, a big steel door cooler. There's like thousands and thousands of dollars of pizza condiments in there. It's like, holy crap. You know, and there's all the pop on the side of the wall. Anybody could have had a heyday there. And so my immediate thought was not to, you know, ransack the place and see how much I could put into the truck. <laughs> no, definitely not. It was, God, I got to help somebody here. Like, this guy, obviously, someone has left the door unlocked. So I immediately sat down and got it in front of this computer and tried to get a, you know, tried to get into this computer, and it said visitor, so I clicked on visitor, and then all these contacts come up, and I thought, ah, great, super, because at that point, I'm now realizing that I look like I'm the one that's broken into this place, right? So I'm trying to be as incognito as I can be, because I don't want anybody to see me from the front window, and so Bandit just thought, ah, I'm going to lay down, so he lays down in front of me. And I tried everything. I, I had all these contact numbers, and then I had to figure out this stupid computerized phone. And by the way, the new computerized phones, they, they just they suck. So I, that took forever for me to figure it out. 
And finally, I saw a contact list on the phone. So then I immediately started calling all these numbers and leaving these the most bizarre message like, hey, uh, this is Brian so-and-so, and you don't know me. I'm a Canadian truck driver, and I'm in your store. And it just sounded so bizarre. The message was just, just absolutely crazy. But I figured if it was crazy enough, they'd phone me. So then the phones start ringing. And I thought, oh, great, perfect. So then I go to pick up the phone, and there's somebody on the other end going, hi, is this the pizza pie company? I'd like to get a pizza, please. And I'm saying, I'm trying to talk on the phone, and it wasn't working. It's like, uh, uh, the pizza pie place is closed. It's closed. Yeah, I'd like a pepperoni with uh, mushrooms and pineapple and um and they just go on ordering, and I'm trying to say, hey, hey, it's closed, it's closed, and so it didn't work. So anyway, I hung up on them, and then I just waited like for an hour for someone to call me. Now, do you think someone would call me, Will? You think? No, no, nobody did. So it's like, Jesus, man. So uh, after an hour, like I was, my e-log was like getting into my 14th hour, and it's like, Jesus, because we can only drive. A lot of you guys might not know this, but we have what is called a 14-hour shift and a 16-hour shift, uh, one in Canada and one in the United States. So I was getting up to my 14th hour of the shift. So I was like, i got to get out of here. i got to fuel up and go. So that's what we did. We just walked back out, turned on all the lights, and got back in the truck. And then we go you know, fuel up at the local Flying J. So then I thought, okay, as I'm fueling up, I'll talk to uh, you know, one of the maintenance guys. Of course, we are in Gerald, Texas, so the maintenance guy, do you think he speaks English? No, not at all. He's got this he's got this Mexican translator app on his phone and he goes, No, no, speak English, don't speak English, don't speak English. And, I, and I'm trying to tell him the story, I go, he, and he points the phone, he goes, You speak the phone, speak the phone, you speak the phone. I'm like, what the hell? So I'm starting, so I, I'm, I'm re- reiterating the whole story, the whole story to this guy in this phone. And I'm going, this ain't going to freaking work, man, right? And then he plays it back, right? And, it's, and it's, it's weird, but it plays it back in Spanish to him. He goes, ah, I go get supervisor. I go get supervisor. Like, holy crap, he actually understood it. So then the guy comes up, and he's a black dude, um, you know, or operative American, we'll get it right. He goes, what the hell do you want me to do about it? I don't, I don't got nothing to do with a pizza place. He goes, not my problem. It's like, oh, great, wonderful. So I go back into the Flying J, tell my story to another guy, right? Meanwhile, he goes, okay, call 911. Great. So I call 911. He goes, 911, can I have your emergency? I go, what's well, not really an emergency? He goes, well, you're not supposed to call 911, sir. And I goes, well, it is kind of a weird emergency. I said, uh, there's a place unlocked. She goes, okay, give me the particulars. So I give all the particulars. We'll have an officer call you back. Okay, great. So guy calls up, uh, State Trooper William Collin, is this Brian Wade? And I said, yeah. And he said, uh, uh, I hear that uh, you broke into a pizza place. <laughs> no, I didn't break into no pizza place. I said, it was open. He goes, well, do you mind me asking why you uh, uh, opened the Pizza place. I said it was open. I said, and then I had to tell, tell him the whole story of Bandit being infatuated with pizza and loving the cheese and stuff. And then he goes, okay, you're clear. 
Then he goes, we got to wait for uh, some state troopers to get there, and uh, you might have to give a statement. I said, dude, I don't have time to give you a statement. I said, it's called the Pizza Pie Place, and it's in Gerald, Texas. It's at this address, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, okay, all right, we'll take care of it. So I finished fueling up, got back in the truck, and as I got back in the truck, the, the state troopers were there. And there was like three of them. Like you would have thought that someone actually did break in, eh? So that was pretty comical. And then to make matters even more funny, I decide with three state troopers right there to drive down a one-way street, um, which was off the interstate. And I had to back up all the way back and then back the, the other way. But nobody was none for the wiser. And that was my lovely night and my week. So um, I I know uh, that there's a lot of our freaks and geeks out there that have no idea what noodling is. You're probably thinking at this moment now, oh, Brandy's going to tell us about Ichaban noodles. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure not. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do say is all women are like spaghetti. They're straight until you get them wet, but, you know. Different strokes for different folks, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> We're not, instead of this train going off the rails, we're going to get it back on the tracks with Brandy's first topic, noodling. Go ahead. Tell hey, us what that's about. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. I'm taking notes. <laughs> okay, guys. So you want to know a little bit about noodling, huh? Well, let me just tell you. If you don't mind sticking your hand in a hole that you can't see in and you don't know what's in there, then noodling's for you. <laughs> because what you do is you find these holes underwater, like big caves, and if it's a big opening, you get another buddy with you so he can block the hole so you can stick your hand up in there. You go to wiggling your fingers around to entice the fish to bite. And once they bite, you shove your hand down and then you grab them by the gill. And then the fight is on because I'm telling you, they will try to drown your ass, especially with the big ones. You pull them out and, hey, you got your dinner. But I'm telling you right now, you will get torn up because they do have teeth. And it's like super sharp sandpaper and it will just scrape the skin straight off you. You're supposed to wear a glove, but a lot of people don't. Personally, me, I can't use a glove because if, if I can't feel what I'm grabbing, I'm not going to have a good enough grip. Wow. Uh, you just couldn't pay me to do that. <laughs> oh, couldn't. but it's so much fun. The adrenaline rush, man, because you never know what's going to be in that hole. You don't know if it's going to be a big-ass alligator snapping turtle. You don't know if there's going to be a gar in there or if it's just going to be a catfish, or if it's just going to be empty. It's all kind of a Russian roulette. <laughs> <laughs> I like my hands. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I like my hands. That's all I'll say. Um, no, no. You like noodling? Noodling's not for me. Now, I did see, though, I did see on a commercial the other night, they were promoting this, and the women, the most sexiest-looking women, not a lot of women, shorty short shorts and tank tops. What, are they just appealing to the, the sexual aspect of things, or is there truly women that actually look like this that actually do this? Oh, yes. There's this girl. I can't remember her name for the life of me right now, but she has her own channel about it. And I'm telling you, she is fine as heck. She wears bikinis out there. And these little cut-off jean shorts, and holy crap, she could go fishing for me any day. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's interesting. So uh, have you done noodling yourself, Brandy? Uh, oh, yeah, I grew up doing that stuff. It was just 
it's a lot easier to get the big ones that way because the bigger ones will snap your pole or snap your line if you ain't got a big enough pole. But, man, I'm telling you, them big suckers, they will try their best to either rip your arm off or drown your ass because they will try to drag you out into the deep parts of the water if you ain't got somebody there to, take, to watch your back. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that is a very, very odd form of fishing. Um, and speaking of fishing, Jay has a an um, unbelievable fishing story. So, Jay, you want to tell uh, the freaks and geeks what that's about? Well, there was a tournament on uh, Lake Erie, and you can find the video on uh, <laughs> on uh, YouTube. I mean, it's all over the internet. You you, you can't miss it. But I did a little bit bit of digging, and uh, these two idiots, and this isn't their first roadie. I mean, they've been in, in many, many, many uh, tournaments over the years. It, it, in fact, these scumbags previ previously won $150,000. Now, their names, Dickhead Number 1, Jake Runyon, and Dickhead Number 2 is Chase Kaminsky. What a name to have a whole bunch of pissed off anglers chase. What they did is they filled the fish with uh, weight and even, I, I'm not sure if they were cooked or uncooked fish fillets. Yep. Now, what got them caught? All right, man, I hope they get the book thrown at them. They should, have, uh, they should be made to, to pay back all the money too, eh? Oh, absolutely. I think they should get jail time. Um, this, in any sport... Cheating is unacceptable, and right. I don't. I don't give a shit if you're using steroids to run faster, play harder, whatever. A lot of money is spent by the anglers for their sport to enter these tournaments, and 99% are honest. They don't do shit like this. Now, these two boneheads. Um, the reason they got caught is because the guy that was doing all the weighing and everything else kind of thought the fish weighed a little too much for their size. So they inspected further the fish open, and lo and behold, and this guy told these two idiots, you better leave, you know, for your own, <laughs> your own safety, you better get the hell out of here. And it's on the video with a hell of a lot more swearing than I do, but now... The uh, county prosecutor in Cleveland is involved, as well as the Fish and Wildlife Service, which is federal. They're not, they're not state. They're federal. Now, <laughs> I don't, in my feeling, I, I, I'm sad to see they didn't get their legs broken. Um, I, hate a, I hate a cheater and a, that much. Right. I'm sorry they didn't bleed, bleed horribly. I believe, because I'm an avid fisherman, I suck at it. I, I would never try a tournament because I just suck, but I love it. I mean, it relaxes. It, it what I do to get away from now. Oh, it's real easy. You you just need to take Brandy canoodling with her shorty shorts. Canoodling. <laughs> yeah, well. You do real well. Well, all that'll happen is is if Brandy shows up in her shorty short shorts and starts like singing, fish will just float to the top. <laughs> you know, they'll pass That's out. <laughs> No, I didn't say you're no, it's because your voice is that good. They'll stop breathing. They'll be shocked. <laughs> oh my god, what is that? What is that? I really can't believe the stupidity of people. Like these guys, I hope they're they, I, I hope that they 
have to move to the Middle East because I hope their faces are planted, plastered everywhere, all over the all over the internet, everywhere they go to know what kind of scumbags they are. They were actually so scared leaving there. They actually asked for a police escort. Yes. 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 Wow. You know. Man, they and, they set a bad example for anglers everywhere. Actually, no. Yep. No, I disagree with that. Um, the head of the organization said that it's a, it's an absolute stain on the uh, tournament, um, uh, a tournament and tournaments um, everywhere. And I disagree because they caught these sons of. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know. Now maybe sadly you know a, a new regulation has to be added. It's 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 shitty, but you know what? If that would that's what needs to be done. So be, have you um, have you seen Chinese competitions? They use uh, metal detectors. Yes, yes, wow. I've seen those. Yeah. Yes, this, uh, that, they they should definitely. I think they should be banned. Yeah. Well, like to be to be quite honest with you, like why would you even try to do that? Like, what kind of a goddamn upbringing did you have? Greed. You know? Are you kidding? If I got caught today. Cheating to win a tournament. My deceased mother would come back and kick my ass all over North America. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't raised that way. I've got, guys, i got a really good cheating story for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you. A conspiracy theory about a player using vibrating anal beads to chest for players for weeks now, but the serious allegations are just as eyebrow-raising. In a shock upset, 19-year-old Hans Neiman from the U.S. defeated 31-year-old world champion Magnus Carlsen from Norway on September 4th in the same... The Sanguinfeld Cup, a $350,000 tournament at St. Louis. Uh, Carlson withdrew from the tournament the following day, the first time he has ever dropped out of a competition, and tweeted a video of Portuguese soccer manager Jose Marino saying, If I speak, I am in big trouble. Fellow chess grandmaster Eric Hansen jokingly suggested during a stream on the Chess Bra Twitch channel that someone must have used a vibrating sex toy to wireless signal to Neiman what moves he should make. The joke made to the Anarchy Chess subreddit and spread it to Twitter, where even Elon Musk weighed in saying, don't move the king. That was a good time. Did it vibrate every time? Burst of vibration. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is, I don't need to. I don't need to win anything that bad. No, I'm just, kidding, eh? I'm just curious on what the signals was on whether it was a long burst of vibrations <laughs> or whether it was short for flight. You know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the look on his, okay. the look on the guy's face must have given him away. Yeah. I mean, they would use Morse code over the vibrator. Oh my God! So that's a that's a that's a crazy cheating scandal, for sure. So we're gonna get into a little more um, something more serious on a topic that I uh, basically did some research on. Uh, I had a friend the other day, and they said they didn't really know about the Ambassador Bridge, and a lot of people don't. They don't understand the history of the bridge, who owns the bridge, and you'll be quite surprised to find out very shortly here, and um, how much that bridge makes. Staggering. So I did some research on it. I wanted to go over that. Uh, my topic, uh, one of my many this week, called the Ambassador Bridge. So here we go. 
So the Ambassador Bridge is an international bridge that connects the cities of Detroit, Michigan, and Windsor, Ontario. Now, by the early 20th century, Detroit had become a major metropolitan center. Travelers at that time could only cross the large waterway by boat. A train tunnel built between the U.S. and Canada under the Detroit River made transport between the two countries easier for commerce, but did not alleviate the problem. Now, several bridge proposals failed due to claims it would be a cost-prohibitive navigational hazard. So, um, John W. Austin approached the financier Joseph A. Bauer, a Detroiter, in Bauer's offices at the Liberty National Bank in New York City with a feasible bridge plan. Bauer came up with the necessary funding of $23.5 million. Now, at that time, wow. that's, like, that's like equal to like a billion dollars. Okay? Uh, however, the mayor, John Smith of Detroit, vetoed the idea of a privately owned bridge owner. But on June 28, 1927, Detroit citizens voted overwhelmingly in favor of the new bridge construction in a private referendum. The McClintic Marshall Company of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that would later build the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, were chosen for the project. Construction began in May of 1972 and was completed in 1929, composed of Art Deco and Gothic styling. Uh, the bridge was built mainly of steel, 21,000 tons, with 152 feet of roadway above the Detroit River, which is approximately 1,900 feet below the surface underneath that river uh, to the bottom of wow. the river bed. Okay. Um, it's 1,850-foot uh, center span, made it the longest suspension bridge in the world at that time. Its total length was 7,490 feet, with the U.S. and Canadian terminals one and three-quarter miles apart. The roadway was 47 feet wide with an 8-foot-wide sidewalk on the west side of the bridge. The twin silicone steel towers that rose majestically 386 feet above the ground were built on concrete piers resting on bedrock 150 feet below the surface. With close to two miles of cable within cable, 37 strands each as big around as a strong man's biceps, each composed of 218 individual sinews of cold, drawn, galvanized steel that would be erected. The main cable suspended between its two towers was fastened to massive cable anchors, 22 and a half feet wide and 100 feet long, sunk into bedrock below, like I said, 150. So at that time, it was actually considered the largest suspension bridge in the world. And the Bauer family maintained full control and profits of the Ambassador Bridge until 1979, after the death of jo Joseph Bauer. His son took it over but the family decided to withdraw from the management of the bridge. So then it was purchased by the Central Cartage Company of Detroit, which was owned by Detroit native Lebanese, Manuel Matty Maroon. And this had taken approximately two years of negotiations to get the bridge. Actually, the funny part about this is there was no real money exchange as Maroon had purchased the vast majority of shares on the bridge when it came on the market. Therefore, the Central Cartage Company in Detroit purchased the Ambassador Bridge, which is owned and operated by the Detroit International Bridge Company. Central Cartage was owned by a native uh, Detroit family, the Maroons, like I was saying. He was a successful transportation businessman. He immediately recognized that the great heritage of the bridge and its great potential. Who's kidding who? He knew it was going to make a f fortune in, in the future. <laughs> Okay. Maroon understood the needs of the commercial truck company, yeah, I guess. Tourists and travelers who use the bridge regularly. Today, 
the Ambassador Bridge makes just over $100,000 per day and $60 million per year in revenue that goes to the Maroon family. Okay, Maddie passed away in July 12, 2020 at the age of 93. But in terms of trading volume, over 25% of all trade between the U.S. and Canada occurs there. And today, the bridge has four lanes and approximately 10,000 vehicles cross it every day. Jay and I have crossed that bridge over hundreds of times. And I'll be the first to say that we're not fans of it anymore. It's constantly needing construction. We'll get into that in a minute. The city of Detroit, now you're probably thinking, did they get any money? Oh, yeah. They benefit greatly in millions of dollars in tax revenue from the duty-free gas station. And Maroon, for years and years and years, tried to petition the Detroit court saying, I own the bridge, I own the gas. They pretty much told them to go fly a kite, right? Because, uh, well, gas and the bridge were total, totally two separate entities, okay? Um, as far as the bridge goes, uh, like I said, Jay and I have crossed it many times, and it's, uh, it's a nightmare, isn't it, Jay? Oh, when you can see through the bridge to the water, yeah. yeah I mean, there's a exactly. whole wow. bridge. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We, we've seen that many times. Or, right now, you've got to be careful that you don't take your side mirror off the guy coming yes. at you. Because yes. they have construction so tight, and I mean it's tight. It's scary tight. It really is. And I was talking to the border guard last week, because uh, I'm going to be crossing that thing again in the next few days. And he said, yeah, many guys get their side mirrors taken off by the other guys. It's that tight. It really is scary tight. Um, we do not look forward to that bridge. I am happy to say that there will be a new bridge built, which I'm going to go into the history of, of it next, called the Gordie Howe International Bridge, named after hockey great Gordie Howe. And... Um, we're so looking forward to that because when that bridge comes down, Jay and I can have a front seat because they're going to oh, oh, you bridge, betcha. And, and they're going to sink that son of a right in there, right in that water. And become a natural reef. And I'm telling you, that will be a day that we will have to remember. Absolutely. So that's a little history about the Ambassador Bridge. $60 million a year. $100,000 wow. a day. You know, like that's crazy money crazy money and one family owns a bridge like it just doesn't seem right does it so no what you think of that will that was uh pretty crazy yeah that is absolutely crazy absolutely so what's the next topic well we have a pretty heated topic coming up i can hardly wait okay so jay i know you want to get into your topic about loretta Lynn. i would uh, we yeah we lost her of course uh, last week and um, I know you've got some great insights so we're we're all looking forward to hearing what uh, you know you have you can tell us about the history of Loretta Lynn. Okay, now I grew up. I was born in '70. Now cr country music in my house was always on the radio. I can't name like I'm not a country and western fan. I'm a I'm a rocker through and through. But and I mean but. Loretta Lynn, I may not be able to name all her songs, but I can recognize that voice. Um, a song of hers comes on the radio, and hey, that's Loretta Lynn. I'll turn it up. Um, she was the typical American Cinderella. Now, this woman knew poverty, tragedy. Um, she was no stranger to, to tragedy. Um, she was born in 1932 in a place called Butcher Hollow. Kentucky. I've never been there, which you would figure driving truck for a living that I would have been there, through there, around there, or anything else. Never have. She 
was married in 1948 to a man named Oliver Doolittle, and he bought her in 1953 a $17 guitar. Now, 17 wow. bucks in 93 is a lot of money, considering that they were... Now, she didn't know how to play guitar, but with his help and his pushing, she learned to play guitar, write her own music by her. Now, this wow. lady would become very, very, very close friends, and she also, this lady is a mentor to the great Patsy Klein. In 1960, she would make, she would make her grand old Opry, Opry sorry, excuse me, all you, her debut. Now, she was only 28 years old, and a legend was born. Sadly, her father wouldn't live long enough and loved her dad. Um, she was a daddy's girl. And sadly, he would die before she started to reach fame. Um, I believe it was 1909. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, but 1960, she not only became a star, she became a member of the Grand Old Office. And her star just started to rise. And sadly, her mentor and best friend, Patsy Klein, we all know about, I don't care who you are, everybody knows who Patsy Klein was. Killed in a plane crash in 19, and that devastated Loretta Lynn. Moving forward into 70, in 1975, she would release a tribute album singing all of Patsy Klein's songs for her dear friend. Now, this lady, and she truly was a, she always wrote songs about life. She empowered women. She was just amazing. She opened so many doors for upcoming female artists like her dear dear friend Dolly Parton who she did she did duets with she did duets with uh, Tammy Wynette uh, we were talking about the other day Brian how I always thought the song Stand By Your Man said Stand By Earth Man hey I was sick give me a break <laughs> anyway, anyway I grew up with this these people were just I mean every weekend we watched the Grand Old Opry I would have rather watched the Six Million Dollar Man but Dad was bigger than me. So, just to give you a little bit of a, I, I would say a shout out to how great this lady was. In 1980, they released a movie called Coal Miner's. Now, Coal Miner's daughter starred Sissy Spacek, Tommy Lee Jones, a really young Tommy Lee. It's actually a very good movie, and if you get a chance, watch it. And we remember Sissy Spacek from Carrie and the great. Beverly D'Angelo played Patsy Cline from the uh, Christmas Vacation movie and all the other vacations. The movie was nominated for seven Academy Awards. Sadly, it only walked away with Best Actress, which I think was Highway Robert, watching that movie. It was, it was just a fantastic. Now, to give you just a, a little bit of an idea of how much of a powerhouse this lady was, and she, like I always said, I mean, I'm not a country and western fan, but this woman is a, is not just a legend, she's an icon. And I am sure she will continue to please countless people for many, many, many years to come. She got 13 Academy of Country Musicals she was nominated for. She got seven American Musicals she was nominated for seven. American Music Awards, three nominated for Billboard Old Billboard Music Awards only gave her one. The Country Music Association gave her eight Grammy Awards, she's won four, and Music City, which is now no PMT, gave her twenty one. She had oh excuse me. She had forty two top ten hits and ten wow. one hits. 
which is unspeakable. Like, I'm, who does that? I mean, that is an amazing. And sadly, on October 4th of this year, and she worked up until this year, a 60-year career. At 90, 90 years old, she passed away at home in her bed. I don't know about you, but it's saddened. I know you're a fan, Brandy. What do you think about her? I'm telling you, that was a loss, a major loss for the country people because she had a voice like an angel. Oh, she did. And she was a good-looking gal. She was. I mean, I was I was looking at some pictures of her, and, you know, she was a, not only pretty, she was feisty. You know, but I Oh, yeah, that, she I, had some feist to her. You know, I think that had a lot to do with growing up in poverty during the Great Depression. I mean, her father was a coal miner, like the movie, and he was also a farmer. I mean, that guy worked like a dog to provide for his family. And, you know, like a lot of people don't know, but her sisters, Crystal Gale, you know, the woman, and she was famous for that really long, long to the hair to the floor back in the 70s. I mean, she was a, she was a great artist in her own right, but, yeah. you know, it was sad. It really was sad. Um, when I heard that, um, my, my, my jaw dropped when it was announced that she had passed away. And I, to the, to the country and Western fans, um, as we all have our, our, our people look up to, and we kind of put them in, in, God, in a God status, and we forget they're human. And it actually really hurts when, it, when, when these icons or performers pass away. It really does hit hard. It didn't hit me maybe as hard as a lot of other people, but I was, I was really stuck. Because in our minds, we want them to live forever, and sadly they can't. But their music will. Their music will, yes. Um, but it's still, we, we idolize these people for whatever reason. And it, it, it's really, a, it's really a, a kick in the gut when, the, when they pass on. Um, for me, it, it, it was shocking. I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, the lady working, I mean, she, she loved writing. Always remember, she was the original honky-tonk girl. Yes, sir. Yep. Okay, and she so will we'll be that's the sad club take, by the way. Oh, thank you. Fantastic. Hey, so we're going to get into uh, X-rated small town news. Now, we're actually using actual towns, United States and Canada, with sexual names as their town. Okay, then we're, basically what we do is we just poke fun at them as if they were a real newscast. Okay? <laughs> so, all right. So here we are. Welcome to X-rated small town news. Climax, Minnesota. Randy from Climax has spotted a newer model black pickup truck at the Cenex convenience store. It's either someone visiting or carrying a female body, he said. Velma is recycling old cans again and apparently threw her used day-free maxi pads in with the bin. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry from the city water supply plant says, Oh, that Velma, she holds a sprig. God damn it. <laughs> Over at the Climax Shelly School, the Hunter Twins won first prize at the Fall Bake Show with their brownies. Said one passerby, oh. I, I think Billy and Johnny put those funny shrooms in it. Reverend Johnson did his weekly Sunday sermon at the Lutheran Church, but had to be pushed to the local Climax Hospital. 
that he ate a red cherry pit with chocolate cookie that made him choke, said Dr. I.P. Knightley. In local sports at Climax High School, the girls' volleyball team won the state championship, said Sally to Janie. She cheated, so I f***ed her up good. I f***ed her real good. <laughs> and, and the star quarterback, Billy Miller, was at it again with his team, the Climax Horndogs. They won 91-3 against the tight-squeezed Virginia Wildcats. <laughs> oh, Lord. This has been X-rated Small Town News. And now a word from our sponsor. We're back. Okay. Um, okay, so the game show is called Millennials for Geezers. And here's the rule. We ask our millennials, Randy and Will, a series of seven questions. This will happen basically two times a month on our podcast. And whoever gets it right gets two points each. And we're going to keep score. And they get to ask Jay and I two questions each. But here's the catch. Either Will or Brandy must have the answer. They must know the answer to get the point. The winning team on April 7th, 2023, will be declared the winner. The losing team, you're going to love this, guys, has to buy the gifts or make, in Brandy's case, either paintings or, in my case, because I do paint rocks, and we'll get into that in another podcast, of less than $50, okay? So we're going to get into these questions. So the first question, okay? All right, so this is for Brandy and Will. Who is Steve Gutenberg? I have no question, no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's Steve? Who is Steve Gutenberg? I need an answer. Give me some sort of an answer. Well, who's your best educated guess? Um, an American actor. Okay, we well, got we got some of it right. Okay, we got more than that. Okay, okay, okay. Randy? Ding, 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 ding. Okay, go ahead, Randy. Wasn't he in a part of the Police Academy? Exactly. Yes, he did. Okay, he was an American actor, businessman, producer, and director known for lead roles in Hollywood films such as Coon, Police Academy, Three men and a baby in short circuit. Now, our judge on that, Jay, will give him one. Okay, okay here's your question number two. 99 red balloons. <laughs> 99 red balloons. I have no idea. Okay, but you're getting no answer? No answer, Brandy? No answer, Will? No answer. Uh, I'm stuck on that one. Okay, 1983 song sung by German pop singer Nina. Also did the version of Nutty Red Balloons in German. Can I, I have that right. I said it was part of a song. No, we didn't. No, you get vetoed on that one. No to that one. <laughs> nice try. Okay, now this one, you guys should get this one. Can I ask you a question? Okay, go ahead, Jay. What was your question? Okay. Uh, in 1971, what is considered to be the greatest rock and roll song in the band by his song yeah, that's way before my time. <laughs> way before my time. It was actually talked about about six months ago by the lead singer on on the Tonight Show. I'll give you a hint. Boy, give us the answer. I'll, I'll give you a hint. He just cut a he just cut an album with Alison Krauss. That's way before my time. Right. <laughs> okay. Give us the answer. Jake. I'll give you the answer. The song was Stairway to Heaven 
and Robert Plant. Oh, I love that song. Hated it so much, they cut it from their. T- oh wow. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Good insight. All right. So number three, guys. Here we go. The love boat. Oh Lord. Come on, you gotta get this. That, one. that just reminds me of the plane, Captain. The plane. Okay. So what's the answer? What's the answer? No clue. I can't remember that stuff. Well, it's way before my time too. I don't know. Well, that's why we're asking you. I know. I don't know. 1976 television series showcasing celebrity guests with breezy plot lines, stories of love, and plenty of laughs. You must have heard of Captain Stubing, Julie Gopher, Isaac the Bartender, The Love Boat, okay? I've never heard All of right, that. so no points on that <laughs> one. Okay. Oh, you're going to love this one. I have a good one for you guys. I have a couple of good ones for you guys. Okay, you'll, oh, get, you, you'll get your shot. Okay. You'll get your shot. Yeah. You just remember, Brandy's got to know the answer. Okay? And no oh, God. Oh, oh, Brad, Brad, Brandy, Brandy while we're talking. <laughs> well, you know, okay. Brandy, I don't have his number. What? Here's number four. Okay, here's number four. The Walkman. <laughs> okay. Oh, I used to have one of them. I love that. Yeah. Brandy? What about it? Do you have an answer? Do you have an answer? What about I don't know what you're asking about the Walkman, honey. What what is the Walkman? What is it? Oh, what it's a, it do? it's a little the original ones that I had played little cassettes and you hooked it on your britches and had your headphones on, you could walk around and sing music or you could, you know, actually record onto the cassette. Excellent. Ding 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 ding. You got it. And we're here by early since nineteen seventy nine. It was a portable cassette player where you could plug in small headphones or earbuds and listen to it. Brandy, you get full two points for that. Brandy. You want to hear something really cool about the Sony Walkman, Brandy? Yeah. I know people, um, including uh, Debbie, my ex, who used to take the motors out of the Walkman to make tattoos. Make tattoo guns. Tattoo yes, guns. sir. Very, very popular wow. in, in with bikers and... Okay, mm-hmm. let's get up. We gotta move along here. Okay, number five. Devo. D E V O. Devo. No clue. Well. Um, well. That's a rock band. Come on, Will. That's a rock band for sure. Okay, well, we can't give you a point for that. Then if you, if you got that part right, okay. What? What? Okay, carry on. Do you, do you, what, what, what are you looking for here? Give you half a point if you can tell us. Yeah, you get a half a point for a rock band. Or not the song. We can give you, we'll give you a half a point more. So uh, one point if you can name when they came up. Um, they came out in 1972, I believe. Two sets of brothers. They were called the Mother Boss and the Casales, along with the vocalist Ellen Myers. The band had the number 14 Billboard chart hit in 1980 with the single Whip It. Whip It Good. Okay, we got to finish the game show up. And then, okay, so, okay, number six, Open Arms. Oh, oh right. man, that sounds so familiar. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so familiar. Give me a second. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's there, but I just can't get it. Uh, I remember the dude's last name. It was Perry, but I can't remember the first. Steve Perry. Yeah, very good. Brandy. And what I band, knew, it and, band, what, and what was the band? Oh, shit. Um, 
sorry I didn't sing. <laughs> yeah. well, you're, you're, that's because your dinghy's broken. Oh, broken dinghy. My dinghy Alex. is not broken. My dinghy works just fine. Okay. All right. Well, you have a last question on this topic. Okay. Uh, one second. So hold okay. on. So um, what's your question? Okay. So. I don't know if uh, if 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 you guys will know who this is, uh, know know what I'm talking about. And Brandy may have may have heard of this, but uh, there was a man uh, alleged in a 59 million dollar crypto scam. Can you can, can, if, if, if 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 you can name if you can name just uh, like like the um, if he was white or, or, or no, sorry, Caucasian or African American, we'll give you a point. That's, that, that, that's kind of... Pitbull scam? Did you say pitbull scam? No, it was a crypto. Crypto. Oh, crypto scam. Crypto currency. Oh, crypto scam. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I, I, I will give you a hint, okay? This, this man, okay. uh, was caught in New York. Oh, that's a big hint. <laughs> um, I don't know. Jay, do you know? Not a clue. Randy's got to know to get the point. I believe I do know. Go ahead. Uh, if I'm correct, he was a Caucasian. Yes. Montana 
and a red pylon from Tina from Petersburg, Virginia. Without you guys, we could not do this show. And um, I'd like to thank all of you because we have a 49% increase on our podcast from the first one to the third one. And thank you so much, guys. And by the way, a happy Thanksgiving to all our freaks as well. Um, we have a Canadian Thanksgiving, Brandy. I know yours is in November, but um, our Thanksgiving is October 11th. So for our Canadian freaks, happy Thanksgiving. Okay, If you want to be on the pylon, shout outs, just send me a comment on our Facebook site, The Highway Freak, or email us at bws underscore bearholdings at yahoo.ca, willgib1988 at hotmail.ca, and jpatrickmoore70 at gmail.com. Our Instagram is Highway Freaks. Our Twitter is Highway Freaks, and that's capital on H. Last but not least is our all-new Bandits and Zephyrs Pity Fund. You can donate whatever you like to this fund. Um, that's what we're going to do is we're going to help out pitbull rescues throughout North America. Last but finally not least, our Halloween podcast is coming up, and we are bringing back a character that was probably all dead and buried for over 40 years, Zed the Zombie is going to host our Halloween uh, podcast, and I'm going to warn you, he is crass, he is rude, he is bizarre, and he has the hots for Witch Hazel. So just to let you know about that, we also have Count Dracula coming by, and we might even have Igor as well. Um, unfortunately, we ran out of time. We only usually try to do an hour, an hour and a half at the most. Brandy, it was an absolute blast having you on here tonight, and we look forward to more as well. Um, Jay, excellent on Loretta, and Will, Thank very you. good on Thank the computer you. stuff I as well. Of, I, so, I did a lot of, a pile of work on that. Okay. Anything to add, guys? Stay freaks and geeks and stay sexy.